This may be the most important episode of the podcast I've ever brought to you. It's a really simple platitude we're going to be talking about today. But if you connect this to your life, it is going to change the way you do more than just your writing. It's going to change the way that you have family relationships, the way that you work your current job, if you have a job, the way that you operate your business, if you're a business owner, whoever you are, this is going to change it. And it's really a simple platitude. This is TRBM, a podcast for authors who are serious about earning a full-time living selling books to readers. I'm the host, Jody J. Sperling, and each episode, I'll share with you practical tips on marketing and selling your books. And I won't hold anything back. Sometimes I fail. Every time I do, you'll know it. Sometimes I succeed. And when I do, I'll give you my step-by-step replay so you can succeed too. Thanks for listening. You've been asked the question before, what would you do if money was not an object? If you didn't have to worry about money, what would you do? I want to present to you that that question itself is misleading because it puts you in a false place. What would you do if money was not an object? If your answer isn't the same for what would you do if you wanted to make a crap ton of money, something is disconnected in your head. And in your heart, something is disconnected in your life. If your answer is different between what would you do if money wasn't an object and what would you do if money was your main goal? And you're like, but Jody, I don't want to love money. I don't want money. I don't care about money. I just need enough to pay the bills and you know keep food in my belly. I didn't say anything about loving money. I didn't say anything about wanting money. I just said that the same thing should be the focus of your energy, whether you want a lot of money or money is not an object. Either way, you need to have the same answer. Now, why would I say that? I was thinking about this in my own life. And here's the example I came up with. I was asked that question recently. And immediately, my mind went where I know that your mind is going. As a writer, if money wasn't an object, you would leave your job You would write more. You would read more. You would write and read as much as you possibly could. And all of your activities would feed into reading and writing. Why am I not reading and writing all the time right now? If that's my answer, if if money's not an object and I'm going to read and write all the time, then why am I not reading and writing all the time right now? Because I need money. I need money to put food in my kids' bellies, in my wife's belly, in my belly, maybe a little less food actually, but I need to put food in some bellies. I need to keep the lights on. I need to keep this roof over our head. I need to pay bills. And so that's led me to certain activities. But when I really reflect on the things that I'm doing, I'm still only doing what I would be doing if money wasn't an object. And let me tell you why. We have discussed before the reality that there is no reason to be telling stories if nobody is paying attention. It's been too long since I've said that. There is no reason. What's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening? If nobody's reading, what's the point of telling stories? You might as well just write in a journal. You might as well get a diary, you know, long hand it out, type it on a notepad and, and delete it. Who cares? Nobody's reading it. Why go through all of the trouble to edit it and make it beautiful? Why spend all of that blood, sweat, and tears? If you're the only one who's going to do the story, the story's already up in your head. 
all you're doing when you're writing is coaxing that story into the best possible form. Because how many times, seriously, be honest with yourself right now, because this is a breakthrough moment. How many times have you gotten a lightning flash where the entire story is already told in your head? It's instantaneous. The whole novel that you're going to write just pops into your head. But when you sit down to write it, your fingers are too slow and, and, and the story starts to lose intensity and you have to rediscover pieces of it. I guarantee that's happened to you before. It's happened to me many times. I get the idea for this great story and unconsciously, in a part of me that I can't quite access at a speed that I can't operate at, at a physical corporeal level, at the carnate level, okay? Like I'm a big piece of meat. The meat that I am can't get that on the page quick enough. So I have to chase it and rediscover it and refine it and refine it. But I do that not for my own pleasure, but because I want to share that story with the world. What? Is author marketing mastery through optimization, you ask? I'm gonna tell you, it's the best way for us authors to make a living selling our books. Are you tired of hearing gurus tell you your book is only good enough to be a lead magnet for services? Are you tired of feeling like you have to be a slave to social media and then frustrated when the time you spend doesn't actually help you sell books? I was too, until I found Ammo. Ammo is the only program that reliably produces results and it works for anyone. Is it hard work? You bet. Do you have to overcome some of your own prejudices to make Ammo work for you? Absolutely. But rather than being another program that rah-rah shishkoom boss tries to get you emotionally excited only to offer unclear methods, Ammo shows you how to design profitable ads step-by-step through a unique, highly tested and targeted formula. The founder, Steve Piper, is a data-loving, formula-driven author who escaped the kingdom of Amazon to build a platform for himself, where he sold directly to his readers and built a loyal following and millions of copies sold. With Ammo, you know who's reading your books, how to contact them, and what they want to read next. If you've always been frustrated with Amazon's wall of mystery of not knowing who's reading your books and losing 50 to 70% of your hard-earned money that you're making through sales, Ammo solves all of those problems by putting you in the driver's seat and showing you how to fulfill your books directly to your readership. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. Okay, so let's circle back. What would you do if money wasn't an object? Well, if you want people to find that story, what kind of things do you need to do? I've decided to host a podcast. I want to reach out to you. I want to share these thoughts with you. I want to be on this journey with you. I, I fully expect that some of you who listen to my podcast are going to buy my novels. I fully expect that you're going to buy my marketing book, The Seven Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists, when it comes out here shortly. I fully expect that you're going to read my work. And I'm never, I've never tried to hide from you that I want you to purchase my books. I've also never lied to you that I think that you are actually my target audience for my fiction. I don't think that everybody listening right now likes detective fiction. I don't think that everybody likes speculative fiction. Those are the first two novels that I have coming out that are closest to ready. Uh, and and I, I'm not going to try to deceive myself that everyone listening to this podcast wants to read the type of fiction I write. That's okay with me. I, I have other engines going to market to my fiction readers, but I want you to understand and I want you to feel that there are things I'm doing 
that I would still be doing if money wasn't an object. Yes, the podcast makes me some money. It also loses me some money. <laughs> it, it's expensive to run this show and do it well. My time is valuable to me. And I spend a lot of time making these episodes, thinking through these things, planning everything that goes into it. And I've come to really love it. I've come to really enjoy it. I didn't know how much I would like making a podcast. If money wasn't an object, I'd be making this podcast because I've gotten so many notes from, from my listeners saying, thank you for talking about this topic. It helped me through a tough time. And that is more gratifying to me than I realized. That's why we do what we do. If you write stories to entertain people, you're trying to entertain them to, to lift them out of a mood or to enhance a mood that they're already in. I'm on Twitter first and foremost so that I can reach an audience. If I'm making this podcast and nobody's listening, it's a waste of time. At first, nobody was listening and it was disheartening and it was difficult. That's what this journey is like. But I would not stop doing the things that I'm doing. In fact, I'm trying to figure out how I can do more of the stuff that I'm doing because I want to reach more people. I'm trying to figure out, can I put more money into this machine to get a wider audience? Because the more people that are listening, the more people are benefiting, the more people will be my future readers, the more people will be connected in. And I don't think that there's anything selfish about that. The desire of a human to tell a story and to connect with other people through a story is basic to existence. We exist to tell stories. We exist to hear, to receive stories. Every part of your day is a story that you are living, breathing, telling yourself. You're telling yourself stories right now. Some of the stories you're telling yourself are not doing you any good, by the way. Some of the stories you're telling yourself is that you're not the kind of person who can be a marketer. How many people have been on this show and said, I'm not a marketer? You are telling yourself some bad stories, but you're also telling yourself some compelling and good stories. You're telling yourself great stories about good food, what it means to, to eat a delicious meal or have a nice drink. You're telling yourself good stories about being outdoors and exploring the world, about traveling. You're telling yourself good stories about family and friends. All of those stories reinforce who you are. When you read a great novel like Dennis Johnson's Train Dreams, it connects with a part of who you are. When you read a fantastic essay like David Foster Wallace's Ticket to the Fair, it connects you to something that you've experienced and love. We're telling stories to each other because it helps us connect and be human. And so as, as a novelist, as a writer, you're doing one of the greatest jobs that there ever is. And yet you're going to sell yourself short and not get out there and market. And that's why it's such a destructive, damning belief to fall into the trap of answering the question, what would I do if money weren't an object? Because if you don't think deeply about that question, you're going to start to think that it's an excuse to let off the gas, to not do the hard stuff. Okay, if money wasn't an object, would I exercise? Yes, why? Exercise is no fun. Exercise is not enjoyable for 90% of the people who engage in it. Elite athletes do seem to gain something and there's endorphins that are released and you hear about runners high, but listen, I mean, exercise is tough for a reason. And if you really push yourself to higher levels, you're not going to love the moments. Conditioning is not great. Dieting is not good, but we do it because we want to live longer, healthier lives. There's so many things you do, not because you enjoy them, but because they are necessary for the most gratification, for the most enjoyment, for the most fulfillment in life. Shoot, you might have kids if you do, and you're like me. Kids are hard more often than they are not hard. Kids defy you. They lie to you. They make messes. They break things. They used to poop in their diapers and pee their beds. Some of them still do. 
If money weren't an object, I wouldn't get rid of my kids. In fact, they drain my bank account. I'm trying to get to you every way I can because this has the ability to change the way you think if you realize that you still do things. And in fact, if money is an object, you might be smarter because here is the truth. I would not have started the podcast. I would not have started doing the things I was doing, being active on Twitter, trying affiliate brands like the writer's glove. You should check the writer's glove out, by the way, grab it. It's in the show notes. Use the code TRBM, the reluctant book marketer, when you buy a pair. Not only do you get an extra 10% off when they don't do sales anywhere else, but you also help support the podcast. Or you could get writer's block coffee and never have writer's block again. Theoretically, 10% off coffee and you support the show. I wouldn't have done any of that stuff. I would have made some great friendships. I'm going to have the founder of writer's block coffee and the writer's glove as a guest on this show. I made a friend in him and he taught me something, by the way, that is brilliant. I'm super excited to share that interview with you because he has some ideas on marketing just outside of mindset that are, you haven't heard before. Really cool. He benefited me in a big way, but listen, I wouldn't have done those things originally if money wasn't an object. If I was thinking the way that I started thinking when I was asked that question earlier today, if money wasn't an object, I would have made some bad choices that would have kept me from having readers. And my deepest desire is to sell a million copies of my novel and then a million copies of the next novel and then a million copies of the novel after that and maybe 10 million copies of each novel. My goal is to push it so far that I break the system and that I'm able to look at James Patterson and J.K. Rowling and Stephen King in the rearview mirror. Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening?